welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Okay, Broad, so two things. Number one, um, I'm manning the ship alone today because our dear sweet Becca is having some baby Ruthie drama, but she's devastated that she will not be making this episode because, and that's kind of the part two that I'm talking about, for the first time ever, we're having some sort of like internet sound drama that we were going through. We've never had it this entire time. And I'm confident that it's because of our guests. And I believe, I don't know, the other side doesn't want us to communicate or something. But the intro being that we are joined by none other than spiritual medium, Erica Gabriel. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And you know what? I think spirit is popping so much and so intense and the energy is so good. That's what was scrambling the internet. Nothing negative. Yes, I love that. You know, I wasn't sure because Erica, I do live directly across from one of the largest grave sites. It's a very large, uh, I don't, will I say it? Yeah, sure. It's forest lawn. And uh, so sometimes, you know, people will come over and they'll be like, have you ever experienced any sort of like strange hauntings because you live right across from a graveyard? I'm like, so far, I, I don't think so but you know what it's weird if you died and you crossed over why would you want to hang out at a graveyard like every time I go to a graveyard (laughs) I don't see anyone like I really don't it's like completely dead spiritually no one's kicking it at the graveyard now I do feel like when people visit like their loved ones graves when you're connecting with your loved one that you've lost, that's a different story. You know what I mean? Sometimes we are connecting with them there. Um, but do I see spirits congregate around graveyards? No, I don't. I don't. Well, okay. That makes sense to me because I don't think I'd want to hang out there either. But speaking of, okay, so you're, you are a spiritual medium. Can you explain for our audience and myself as well? Like, what is that? What's the difference between that and a psychic do you mind breaking yeah. that down? Not at all. So, so a spiritual me, I call myself a spiritual medium just cause I'm a deeply spiritual person. Okay. Um, and I mediate information from the spirit world to our world. So the idea is I basically elevate my, my vibration, my vibe, you yes. know, just as you, would, just as we think of it, like good vibes. Right. So I elevate my vibe spirit kind of slows its vibe down, its vibration down. And we meet in the middle. Mm. So I'm the medium. I'm the, I'm the halfway point. And it's also, you know, that, that essence of like mediating information that I can hear from the spirit world. So I think with psychics, um, and I'm not speaking for all psychics. I think everyone has their own unique gifts, but I think with psychics that they are reading, you know, more your aura, Mm -hmm. your earthly energy, your palm or tarot cards that tell you things about your past, present, and future. Um, the information that I get comes directly from the spirit world. Um, And I talk to, when I connect with someone, just like we're tuning into each other right now, I tune into someone's channel or station that they already have existing from the spirit world. And what I hear are messages from spirit guides, like we've all heard that term, Mm -hmm. um, angels, and then loved ones who've crossed over. So it's, it's almost like for me, like when you jump in your car and you turn on the on switch to the radio there's always something playing, you know, always, you don't invent the radio station, but then you turn the dial into what you want to hear. And so when I read for people, 
you know, your station or your connection to spirit is already there. Mm. I don't invent it. I don't do seances. I don't conjure anything up. I simply, with your permission, I turn on my on switch to the spirit world and then I tune into your already existing beautiful connection to the spirit world. So everyone's already connected to the spirit world. Okay. So was this something that like hit you at a young age? Cause when you're talking about like feeling this energy, I'm just imagining like, were you this yeah. small person experiencing all these things? Yeah, totally. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. I started noticing something a little bit different. I would say when I was around seven. So I don't know if like, that's just as early as I remember yeah. or, you know, but, um, yeah, I, I would have a lot of things happen. And I thought I was like, I, I was just afraid because I thought it was ghosts. Um, and oh my I moved, God, of course. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm haunted. There's ghosts everywhere. I can feel people. I can see people. I can hear people talking. Um, and then I moved in with my mom and um, my stepdad. So I we moved to another house. Okay. I still had my other house with my dad and my stepmom, but um, we moved in. I moved into a house with my mom and my stepdad, a new house. And I started seeing a little boy there. Okay around the house. And I told my parents, there's a little boy here. Okay. Did your and parents flip? No, they were just like, okay. You know, the, you don't think also like at that time too, there was no Long Island medium. Okay. There was no Tyler Henry. Sure. There was no mediumship. Wasn't something that was at all in the mainstream. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. And even like, I don't know if you guys remember if anyone listening to this, remembers Sylvia Brown in the nineties, she used to go on Montel. Yes. Oh, was, I remember. She, I used to watch Montel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Sylvia and Montel. I mean, that was before that. So yeah. it wasn't like my parents were like, Oh, you know what? They think she's a medium. She's here to deliver messages. No, like I would they imagine really, they would be like frightened. Yeah. They, I think they just didn't really know what to think or what to expect. And then they talked to one of the neighbors and they were chatting and whatever. And the neighbor said to them, you know, um, you know, a little boy drowned on your property. Right. And a little boy died on that property. And they were like, Oh (laughs) yeah. And was he, it all started. Were you just seeing him or was he communicating with you? I, I don't, remember exactly how I saw him. I think I saw him as I see spirit now, which is almost like, um, I'm recollecting a movie that I know really, really well. It's like in my mind's eye, in my vision, like it's a vision, but it's not a vision. Like I'm seeing you right now. It's a little bit different. Um, but that's kind of how it all started. So I started sensing, feeling, hearing, and connecting with spirit and basically was just really scared and didn't know what it was. And mm-hmm. like, I slept on my parents' floor till I was like 12. <laughs> oh <laughs> you my know God. I- yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. It's like, what's yeah. going on? Oh my goodness. Totally. Yeah. Wow. And so then after that, at one point, did you decide to, or like acknowledge that these were gifts and that it wasn't just like, it wasn't this haunting thing, that it was a gift that totally. you had? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, then my whole life started to roll out and unfold and went on uh, lots of, you know, journeys and paths to try and figure it all out. And then, um, when I got into, um, like my twenties, um, I started getting, you know, deeper in trying to understand what it was. Cause I was always a deeply spiritual person, always searching, always looking. And, um, finally, and then like in my twenties, I would go out and like go to bars and like have cocktails. And then, someone would maybe come up and like hit on me and I'd start reading for them by mistake. <laughs> I'd be 
like, I would be like having a drink and like, hang. Oh I God. used to hang out at La Poubelle. You know where La Poubelle is? Yes, I do. On Franklin? Yes, I do. I, that's where I used to hang out. Like oh I used God. to hang out at La Poubelle and have cocktails and someone would like be like, hey. And I'd be like, hey, oh, by the way, like, let me tell you something. Stop. And, yeah. Oh my God. Major turn off by the way. Like if you want to turn someone off, just start, <laughs> like, just start reading them. See if I was yeah, one no. of your friends the whole time and be like, I am living for this. I'm watching my girl just like read these random guys coming up. This is incredible. <laughs> yeah. But I still didn't really know what it was as yeah. weird as that sounds. And then I got drawn to doing Reiki and that was really, really amazing for me because it helped me focus my mm, energy. Mm. And it wasn't just like this weird thing and this weird experience that was happening and I'm spiritual, but I don't know what this is. And it helped me kind of open and close and, um, turn on and off a little bit. And right. I started hearing clear messages for people. And then I saw a medium and she was like, Oh, you know, you're a medium. Right. And I was like, no, but yes, but no, but yes, but thank you. Oh you know, God. it was like, she kind of pulled a bow that was already there, but that was loose Yeah, and she tightened it. And then within two weeks, I started doing readings and wow. people started just like kind of knocking on my door and coming over to my bungalow. I lived right off Melrose. Like they just started kind of like knocking on my door. Like when people hear there's a medium around, oh, they yeah, come I'm back sure just a flock know? of people. So, um, wow. But I would say like my journey really began then. Okay. Because at that point I realized like, okay, I am hearing voices in my head and I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm not schizophrenic. I had those moments where I thought like, do like, will someone be honest with me if I'm just losing my mind and I need help? Yeah. And you know, there was oh, a lot. Course. There was a of lot. Course. I'm, was, was sitting across from that medium and hearing for the first time, like, oh yeah, you're a medium, like the most validating thing in the entire world. Relief. Oh my God. Relief. I felt like I just like won the lottery. Like I just, I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. You know, it was, right. yes. Like it all and makes I sense. And then all of a sudden it basically was like, I turned a light on in the spirit world and every single spirit in all of Los Angeles started talking to me all day long, all night long. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't deal. It was super intense. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Well, I have like 15 questions about okay. that, but before I ask you <laughs> to do full fire in a row, um, listen, we're sitting here together. We're cozy. I'm able to talk with a fabulous spiritual medium, but I wasn't always able to wear sweats to my job. Um, for years, my butt was in an office chair all the time, having to look professional and always uncomfortable. And even now when we uh, take meetings, we have to show up looking slick and professional, but sometimes I just... I want to give that good presentation moment, but when my slacks feel like cardboard and are suffocating me, I just can't focus. But now I don't have to choose between stylish work attire and comfort anymore. Thanks to Beta Brands Dress Pant Yoga Pants. Beta Brands Dress Pant Yoga Pants are super comfy, perfectly stretchy and stay wrinkle free. Whatever your style, Beta Brand has the pants to match like boot cut, straight leg, skinny, crop, six button, wide leg. You can literally choose from dozens of colors, patterns, cuts, and styles, including a pair with eight pockets. Not only has Beta Brand revolutionized off, revolutionized, re, wow, can't say that one, revolutionized office wear, but now they offer premium denim with the same flexibility and comfort as yoga pants. Um, personally, I love my six button pants. They're super comfortable and they look just like work dress pants. 
Um, also love the wide leg Catherine style pant. You should check it out online. Um, but also beta brand wants your help turning up and creating designs into full fledged projects. Their crowdfunding platform gives you a voice in deciding tomorrow's fashion today. Anyone can join in the community brainstorm that begins with the beta brand styles and brings them to life. And you'll even get 15% off every time you fund a new design beta brand, letting us live our fashion designer fantasies. Thank you so much. Um, you've got to try a pair of these pants from beta brand. Trust me, you will love them and you can get 20% off at betabrand.com slash chatty. Don't wait. See for yourself why millions of women, including myself, agree that these are the most comfortable dress pants ever. Go to betabrand.com slash chatty for 20% off. That's B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D.com slash chatty. Okay, Erica. So when you're talking about all of the sudden Los Angeles was like in your head, Mm. the first thing that you said a few minutes ago when you were talking about all these like spirits speaking, Mm. was it like chaos? It was a lot. And it was, it was just for me, I realized at that moment that I had to figure out who I was talking to, Mm -hmm. like, where was I mediating this information from and how to have boundaries and how to develop an on off switch. Okay. So that I could continue to engage in life in like a healthy, happy way. And also to make sure that I was honoring the person that I was reading for so that I wasn't getting confused. And Mm. that was, I mean, mediumship is something that unfolds, that you develop, that you practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, started to have to figure out who I was talking to. That really, really helped. Um, And I have boundaries. I have really, really intense boundaries. I open the door, I close the door, or I turn on the light or turn off the light. I don't like you know, run around and like read for the person that's making my sandwich at the sub shop. Got you know it. what I okay. mean? Okay. So you can yeah. turn it off. 100%. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. So yep. I like, cause all I'm thinking of is I'm just imagining when I'm trying to have a conversation with say you and my daughter's trying to talk to me and I'm trying yep. to focus, but my child is pulling at me. I'm like, I yes. can't do that. Let alone when you're talking about like the spirit world and people trying to communicate with you, are there now, are there certain, um, what's the, the, the way to describe it? Would I say spirits that are trying to contact you as spirits, the correct term? Yeah, totally. Okay. I mean, we, we all look, we all have spirit guides, Okay, all of us. I've never met anyone that wasn't connected to spirit. Really? And I read for thousands of people. So everyone has spirit guides. Everyone has angels. And I mean, if you don't have someone that's crossed over, um, you know, we have ancestors Mm -hmm. and it's so funny because people go like, oh yeah, well I never met my grandma, you know? So whatever. And it's like, but she knows you. You know, she sees you just like you think about your daughter's kids. You know what I mean? You're going to be obsessed with them, you know, and, and and it's kind of like for me with, with my children's children. So if for some reason I'm not here to see them, knock on wood, God Mm -hmm. forbid, you know, um, I'm going to be obsessed with them Mm -hmm. and love them and watch them from spirit. So no matter what, everyone also has ancestors or people that they're connected to that have crossed over. So Mm. I, you know, we're not alone. Yeah. And I mean that in a beautiful way, in a positive way. We have all of like this divine support around us. Um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I think people get very stuck on hauntings. Sure. And just think of like, it's spooky, it's freaky. Well, right. It's you, the unknown. Show. So, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and like for me, like if you can elevate 
your energy past just hauntings and scary movies and mm -hmm. whatever. What's there is really beautiful energy, your higher self, divine information, your spirit guides, your, even your spirit animals, you mm -hmm. know, um, your loved ones who've crossed over. There's so much light. There's so much support and there's so much beauty um, just beyond this earthly stuck energy that we call hauntings, you know. So can I ask you kind of an intense question? Please. Um, so if you are seeing spirits and past ones and angels, what have you seen then that is happening when we die? Oh, like what is the death experience like? Yeah, the death experience. And also, you know, because I again, I, I was raised in like a very conservative Christian home. So it's kind of like and I don't personally believe this myself anymore, but it was always very much like there's heaven, there's hell. No one's in between. When someone dies, their spirit goes. So they would not be like, you know, uh, involving themselves on this earth still and, you know, mm -hmm. all, all those things. So I'm just so totally. curious, like how like when you're interacting with angels and spirits and like, you know, what has that given you, um, knowledge and like access to? Oh yeah. About spirit. Well, first yeah. of all, I mean, you know, look, as we get in, you know, you go into, to deeper, what I've learned from talking to spirit and so on, you know, a lot of things that come up are things that people go that really go against their, their innate beliefs. And so, and that's okay, you yeah. know, but but the big amazing thing is there is no heaven and hell. Okay. We actually all go to the same place. And that was really painful for me because I'm like, someone that's mean to, you know, uh, kicks right. animals, goes to the same place. So right. if if I can explain that a little bit, um, just to answer it deeply, mm -hmm. your please, question. No, please. Uh, to answer it a little bit deeply, um, we are spiritual beings having human experiences, right? Okay. Not the other way around. So you're not just with some random soul somewhere. You're actually a spirit and a soul that's come to this earth plane um, to experience what it is to be just, to be you, um, experience life through your eyes, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you're here learning a series of really amazing lessons, you know, and yeah. you're here for a reason, right? Yeah. And um, so when we cross over and when we return home back to spirit, okay. um, we review our life. Mm -hmm. We look at it. We look at our life. We look at our choices. We look, hey, this was our path. How did we do? How did we do with that? We look at our experiences we had. We look at relationships. We look at our actions. We review. And part of that review is understanding how you've affected others mm. and understanding that and feeling what it felt like when you affected others, right? So is there a mean guy with a hot poker and devil ears poking you with a hot stick? A absolutely not. But you will have to experience some of the choices you made and how that felt, how you affected others. It's not, it's not torture, but it's understanding your full experience, right? Right. So as a good person and a loving person, and a kind person, you review, you come to terms with things, you understand your path, your lessons, and then you move on to spirit. But someone who's done great harm will have to review, will have to feel the feelings of all the people that he or she affected, as well as their kids, their grandkids, all the people that they've affected. Yes, because obviously that affects so, generations after. Exactly. So like, is Hitler still in review? 100%. Mm. 
Is he having a grand old time in spirit? Absolutely not. You know, it doesn't work like that. But is there a mean devil poking him and torturing him? No. And I hate to bring up such an intense example, but it's important because when you look at people that have done so much harm and created so much chaos, right? You try to try to square away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, supply. You know, and it's like he will have to feel every single feeling, every single experience. Um, So, 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 yeah. So there is no heaven and hell. We all go to spirit. Um, And what's so cool about spirit is like really what you take with you is like the beauty and the love that you feel when you're here, Mm -hmm. Um, and that you create and we do change, you know, when we go to spirit, we do understand, mm-hmm. um, we don't carry the same pain, the same resentment or anger or fear that we do in the spirit world. Now that doesn't mean we should all go out and jump off a bridge and go hang out in spirit. Right. Right. You are supposed to be here. This is a beautiful experience as well. Mm-hmm. We get to experience love and devotion and happiness and all the things we get to experience. And, um, you know, when we're here, we chose to come here. We chose to be here. We chose to be living this incarnation. We chose to be experiencing these things. Wow. Okay. So do you see people like when, when someone comes to you, are you Mm -hmm. seeing them in spirit? Like where you're Mm -hmm. able to see like, you know, I don't know if it's like aware that is, but are they describing to you like what it's like? Yeah. And they'll explain, they'll tell me what they're doing. So like sometimes like someone's, you know, husband will come through and I'll see him and, um, and I'll even ask like, okay, what are you doing? And he says, you know, sh- show my wife. Did I say husband? What did I say? Husband. husband. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'll be like, show my wife that I'm on a boat and I'm wearing a visor. And I'm like, you know, he's boating, he's on a boat he's got a visor on and she's like, Oh my, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, that was his dream to either own a boat or they had a boat or I, you know, whatever happens, but it'll be something that resonates with her. Um, I see people I've seen, you know, what's really funny and you'll love this. I see a lot of men on motorcycles really, and their daughter or their brother or their wife or their husband or whoever is just dying because it'll be like, Oh my God, all he wanted was to get a motorcycle. And I was like, no, they're so dangerous. And like the, the person yeah. will come like riding in like, Oh my up? God. Show them up on a motorcycle. <laughs> Honestly, like I right away thought I'm like, Oh gosh, it's so dangerous. I wouldn't let Evan get one. <laughs> Totally. Right. That's so right? funny. Oh my Absolutely. goodness. So, so they do show me, but you know, the thing about getting a reading and connecting with loved ones is they truly only show us and tell us what will assist us and serve us here on the earth plane. They okay. don't tell us things to scramble our destiny, to, um, upset us, to trouble us. You know, it's the opposite. Connecting with spirit is meant to be, um, a safe and beautiful healing experience. Mm. I mean, we're already all connected anyway, you know, and connecting in is, is an incredible gift. Um, and I would say, you know, doing that with someone you trust, you know, and someone that, you know, is connecting with positive high, high vibration spirit guides and your loved ones. And, and like that. So when you say that, uh, a loved one is not going to come to like mess up anything, Um, Mm -hmm. is that when a person may suspect that there's maybe a spirit that's negative when things are like awry and it's not anything positive that's happening? Like if someone feels like they're being haunted or something? Yes. Is that typically like kind of a way to like figure out whether or not it's, uh, maybe someone who is, has passed, who loves you, who's like hanging around 
versus Mm -hmm. someone who's or like watching over you versus they're starting to become you know like things are starting to like you know things are getting misplaced and there's this feeling of stress and like negative things are happening that is not a loved one okay so like i've never seen um someone's loved one you know banging pots and pans in their kitchen really okay so that's no i don't that is different so that's like you know, a haunting is that's totally different. A mm-hmm. loved one is going to work with you and connect with you. It's like a subtle vibration. So the ways that I see loved ones connect are music. Mm. So you think of the person and you get in your car and you, you know, you're switching stations. You're like, Oh my God, that's our song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it is through music. I see spirit, like your loved ones connect with people through, um, butterflies. Mm-hmm of your loved one. And then all of a sudden, like, I'll think of my best friend who crossed over and like, I'll think of her and like a cardinal will come and sit on the edge of my window, you know, yeah. a beautiful cardinal. They, they connect in birds, uh, pennies, pennies, okay. um, pennies, smells. Like sometimes I smell my grandma's perfume. Yeah. You know? Smell is an interesting one. I've experienced smells. that before. Yeah. Um, the other cool way I, there's been a couple of cool things recently. Um, someone will say it's the funniest thing. I was thinking of my daughter who passed and I walked outside my front door and I had two, two tulips growing at the base of my doorstep and I, they've never, I've never seen them before. So sometimes spirit, I'll, I'll see flowers emerge. Mm. Um, also sometimes a special breeze. And I know this sounds strange, but someone like you you think of your loved one and you're sitting down, it's a still day. It's a warm day. And all of a sudden, like a beautiful breeze will Mm. come. Like, you know, that is how your loved ones connect with you. It's a beautiful, loving, sacred, subtle vibration that makes you feel good and positive. It's not going to be something scary like that or, or, or things, you know, door slamming or, and do people just kind of inherently know, like you can just tell, I I mean, I know for myself personally, there was a home that we used to live in and I, my husband and I both felt a presence in the home and my husband is like very much Mr. Skeptic. So he normally does not acknowledge that. And he was just kind of like, yeah, no, I definitely feel something in this home, right? but it didn't ever feel negative. It just felt very calm. I would sometimes feel like I'd be nursing my daughter because it was when she was just born and I'd feel like I, someone in the room with me, but I never, and you'd think like normally if I'd feel someone in the room in the dark while I'm nursing my daughter, that I'd be like, oh shit, this is so scary. But it felt. Yeah. That feels more like your, like your loved one, like your ancestor, your grandma, like that's what that feels more like for me, especially you're saying a trigger word, which is nursery. So I don't, is your daughter a namesake? Um, (laughs) uh, she is, her middle name is, well, her name's Ember and we chose that, but we, um, gave her the middle name Presley because my Uh grandfather who had passed his, um, favorite musician, he was an immigrant and he was just obsessed with Elvis Presley when he came to the United States. So yeah, that's, that's that name connection. And so you just told me like that trigger, like that nursery feeling like someone's there or whatever. It was like, that is someone who is checking on that baby and letting you know that they're still with you. They're still watching you. And then they said, talk about the name, talk about the name connection. Okay. Because okay. I was, you know, what's funny is I was going to actually ask you, um, yeah. 
Woo, don't want to cry. I was, I took, so my, we named my, my daughter, um, her middle name Presley after my departed grandfather, who I had a really special relationship with. Yeah. That's, that's the connection. And and that's like, when you said nursery and I saw someone standing in there, I'm like, oh, this is your person. This isn't a haunting. Yeah. This is your person. And I definitely feel that. And then I just heard, talk about the name, talk about the name. It's the name. She'll know who I am through the name connection or the namesake, the name oh connection. And yeah. so that's who I connect with. And that's, but he was, isn't the one also you're feeling in the other parts of the house, but I do like that house was it kind of intense. You man. gave like, me just so many chills. Okay. Cause yeah. that's, that was the thing. It was in the nursery. My so husband nursery and I felt the, the same grand- presence, Yeah. but then downstairs at nighttime yeah. we'd go and it didn't feel as warm. It was a different feeling. 100%. So what you're feeling in the rest of the house, that was a connection with that land. Okay. okay. So the land more than the house. I don't, where was that? It was an orange and it was actually a pretty old home. It was like 1902, I think. I'm connected to the land. Yeah. Uh, uh, like it was someone connected to that land, just okay. so you know. So, yeah. so yeah. So I don't know if they used to farm that land or that land was deep for this person and they were still there. Okay. Um, so I'm connecting with that. But when I connect in the nursery, that's who I was connecting with, with this sweet, awesome grandpa who is just, just a very, very cool person and, and, and a great person. Um, and, and that's who I connect with, with the nursery. That was an acknowledgement. I see you. I know what's happening in your life. I see your beautiful baby. Like that was that. That like makes, that makes them, Oh, that makes my heart so happy. It makes so much sense to me. I, I took my, um, my daughter recently, um, to the grave site that my grandfather was buried at. And at the time, I guess maybe it was numerous months ago, she was three. And the second we walked onto the, uh, by his grave, when you br- brought up the breeze, that was like that moment of, I was like, Oh, Boppy's here. And my daughter, who's very active, immediately just laid next to the grave and was talking to her boppy for a long time. And then when we had to say goodbye, she sobbed for about 45 minutes, the whole drive Mm -hmm. home. And she wanted to stay with her boppy. And we were trying to explain to her and everyone in the car was kind of like rattled. And she had such this connection with her grandfather to the point where she then started to ask for photos of him. And so we have this, all these like photos of her boppy, like a shrine in her room. And in, we've had moments before where we look on the, um, the baby monitor and wherever we put kind of the photos in the room, there seems to be like kind of this orb. And I've videoed it before. That's like in the room with her and he feels just like so connected to her. So hearing that that was him in her nursery when she was first born. Yes. Totally feels different. Total immediate. Like, like at first when you started talking about your house, I was just like, oh yeah, that's more of like a stuck energy. Yeah. But then you're like, but in the nursery and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's totally different. Okay. Totally different. And that's awesome. And he, I mean, he loved you so much. Yeah. He was so, so much. And he loves her so much. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah, No, he's, she's, um, she's, we, when we will always watch her, we're like, oh gosh, Boppy would just be obsessed with her because she's such like a crazy dancing and used to love to watch when I would dance. And he very much wanted to see his grandchild. Um, so it's so neat to know that like, oh, yeah. oh my goodness. Oh, oh, <laughs> her grandpa. oh that's so nice. That yes. is like so like, wonderful to hear, especially like I was saying, because it did feel like different energies in the house and it didn't feel ominous in the nursery. 
And absolutely. And that's, and that's the thing with like working with spirit, like my, like if, if, you know, like the people hearing this, like take nothing else away. Like I would just say, trust your gut, Mm -hmm. trust your instinct. And we all hear that so much. That's so overused, but it's true. If something feels weird, it it probably is, you know, you need to clear your house, you know, you need to clear your house. If something feels loving and sweet and, and wonderful, then that probably is that connection. So like, like I said, if you're thinking of a loved one and a beautiful breeze comes, like, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a lovely, beautiful feeling. And you feel like that's your, your loved one, then it probably is, mm-hmm. you know, trust your, trust your gut and trust your instinct. And that's the, the whole idea with working with spirit. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, thank, first of all, thank you so much for sharing <laughs> that. That's like this new now thing that I can picture when I think about those times that like he's been with yeah. her from the beginning because they just oh, have yeah. this very special connection even though he's gone that she's now just obsessed with her grandfather and talks about him all the time yeah oh yeah all right well I do want to get into the house clearing I'm curious about that um but I do have to pause for a moment um so most of the time I live in active wear even if I am doing nothing active of the sort I love it uh but I find it so so difficult to find quality active wear that is stylish that doesn't break the bank like it's shockingly expensive. Okay. So, so expensive. Well, thank God the queen herself, Kate Hudson and team have created Fabletics to solve this problem for us. Fabletics is a fashion focused activewear brand with a mission to empower women by making a healthy, active lifestyle accessible to everyone because of its exceptional price point. Seriously, you will not find activewear of this quality and style with this price point anywhere else. They have yoga, running, gym gear, sports bra, shoes, accessories, and more. Fabletics has you covered. Just go online and take their 60-second style pop quiz, and immediately after, you'll receive this personalized showroom of pieces that are specifically catered towards your unique style. Uh, It takes all of the guesswork out of what styles are best suitable for you. With just a few clicks, Fabletics is doing all the homework for you. Um, And also make sure that you enter your email address at the end of the quiz because you're then going to receive exclusive monthly discounts and the inside scoop about the new collection. Uh, It hasn't been released yet, and they put out collections constantly, so enter that email address. Um, And their new Namaste two-piece in the orchid smoke is everything. Uh, Be sure to check it out while they're in stock as designs do change monthly, like I said. All designs are done in-house. You can't find these pieces anywhere else. Listen, we're about to give you a deal to get two pairs of leggings for only $24. Um, I was looking at outdoor voice leggings yesterday that cost almost a hundred dollars, two for 24 with Fabletics people with price points like that. You can get a few and have them in your wash and wear rotation beforehand. I could only afford like one pair and I would just be naked and sad when my active wear was in the wash, but not with Fabletics. New styles, collections, and prints are released every month. And Fabletics has a 45 day workout guarantee. Sweat it out for 45 days. And if it doesn't perform, return it for a full refund. So today get two leggings for only $24, a $99 value. When you sign up for a VIP, all you have to do is go to fabletics.com slash chatty to take advantage of this deal now. That's fabletics.com slash chatty to get two leggings for only $24. That's fabletics.com slash chatty. Best part is that there is no commitment to purchase monthly and free shipping on all orders over $49. Just go to fabletics.com slash chatty. Terms and conditions do apply. Um, and speaking of active wear, when I'm on my period, the 
only thing I wear is active wear, though I'm not doing anything but laying on the couch. For real, when I'm on my period, I just want to be curled up with a hot pack, not going out to do a late night tampon or pattern. Are you kidding? I'm too crampy and I'm too leaky, which is why I am so grateful for the clean company that delivers uterine care products right to my door. It's Lola. We love Lola. Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. If we care about the ingredients in the food we eat and the beauty products we use, why shouldn't the same be true of our uterine care products? Unlike other major brands, Lola products are 100% natural and easy to feel good about. No BS, mystery fibers, or doubts about what's going in your body. Plus, Lola products come in a simple, customizable subscription. Lola will deliver exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. And they're completely transparent about what goes into their products. Most major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their products, including rayon and polyester. Their uterine care products can also be treated with harsh chemicals, cleansing agents, fragrances, dyes, and all that. But Lola products are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. And they are now offering cleansing wipes that are safe for use anywhere on the body. Um, and they're actually the first biodegradable all-natural wipe of their kind, perfect for a midday refresh. And they're individually packaged and perfect for on-the-go, gynecologist-approved, and hypoallergenic. I love having them in my purse or backpack when I'm on the go. So convenient. Um, and remember, the Lola subscription is fully customizable. You can choose your mix of products, mix of absorbencies, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. And for every purchase, Lola donates uterine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. We love Lola. So for 30% off your first month's subscription, visit mylola.com and enter chatty30 when you subscribe. That's 30% off your first month's subscription by visiting mylola.com and entering chatty30 when you subscribe. Okay, so you were talking about cleansing homes. Is this something that you have done or do? I used to. Did you? Okay. Because I'm like, it's Halloween, I so I don't know if it's Halloween soon. Should we get into it a little bit? <laughs> I love it. So, so, yeah. So I used to do house clearings because okay. people would be like, please come clear my house. I'd be like, okay, yeah. Of course, yeah. Right? And then I was doing a house clearing and I walked into a room and the lights turned on and the music on the stereo turned on and started blasting. I saw the dial turn and oh, I was like, my God, this, man. <laughs> I hate this. Like, bring me only the goodness. I don't want to like, deal I, with this all isn't that. Me. Oh my I just God. felt like this is not what, what I want to do. Like everyone has specialties, you know what I mean? And right. I'm like, this is, I don't want this to be my specialty that right. I don't like that. And, and I understand that it kind of, you know, you're in your mind goes hand in hand with mediumship and so on. But I was like, I really don't like this. And, you know, I really love reading for people. Yeah. And when I would go into a house, I would open up and read for the whole house and all these people would start talking to me. And I was like, this isn't my specialty. And then I thought, well, what, what, what is it then? And my guides told me, you know, Erica, you have to empower people to cleanse and clear their own homes mm. and that maybe you can help people and teach them how to do their own home because in essence it is their home and they pay the rent, they yeah. pay the mortgage, they care for the home. And, you know, if you can send out a, a message to, to people or, you know, in a reading, tell someone how to clear their own home, that's a really beautiful thing. So you're not like running around to every haunted house. And now I live in Pennsylvania, in Pennsylvania, you know, right. uh, 
<laughs> so, the, so the idea when you clear a house, um, is to, I mean, do you want me to tell you how to yeah, clear a house? Please. I would, oh, oh my great. gosh, please. <laughs> We've had a, like a kind of haunted episode before and we had numerous DMS from people going like SOS, I need help clearing my house. So I yeah. think this will come in handy, please. Good. Yes. Okay. Everyone listening. Listen okay. up, Rods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a pen and paper. Yeah. <laughs> so first and foremost, um, clear your house with positive energy, right? Mm -hmm. So don't clear your house like, Oh God. Oh my God. Get out of here. (laughs) Like don't cleanse your house freaking out because your energy is so important. Okay. Okay. So that's first and foremost. I would also say if you have a haunting, please don't ask the questions. What do you want from me? Why are you here? Who sent you? (laughs) You know what I mean? Don't do that. Because you're engaging. Stop doing that. Okay. Just go. No engagement. I'm feeling energy. Weird stuff's going on. I'm ready to assist it in moving through. You are that powerful. You are that strong. You Mm -hmm. are that, um, you know, uh, creative and and, in your own life. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You can do that. So the idea would be, uh, first, you're going to go through your house or apartment or office or wherever, and you're going to open every single door, every single window, front door, back door, windows. I would also open closets, drawers, everything. Just open everything up. Okay. And I would go to the heart of your home or the heart of your apartment and I would light a white candle. Okay. <laughs> uh, because white just to me symbolizes purity. It symbolizes the white light of uh, positivity, the white light of God, white light of Holy Spirit, whatever, you know, is your bag, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, And I would sit down and light your candle and I would just close your eyes, take some grounding breaths, and I would call to your team in spirit. So you're going to call to your angels and you're going to call to your spirit guides with love and gratitude. You can even call your ancestors and you're going to ask for their assistance in clearing and cleansing your home of any negativity, any stuck energy, any energy that is ready to to move on and that doesn't belong there, basically. And you're going to get some sage. So you're going to get white sage, not cooking sage. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's not sage. cooking sage, white sage. Okay. Not, someone one time, you know, basically sent me a picture like this and it was like in a shaker. It was sage. You're like, girl, you know that's I'm- oregano. Put it away. <laughs> it's not going to do anything. And I felt so bad. I'm like, I'm so yeah. sorry. I was confusing. So you're going to get like a bundle of white sage. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you can get that at Whole Foods at this, at this point. You know what like I mean? This. There you For go. The viewers. Yes. Here we go. Full <laughs> sage, you know. And I've been lighting sage on and off this entire conversation, just oh, so you know. Amazing. And I've got my candle. Oh my goodness. And I've got some different crystals that I hold. And so anyway, you're gonna take your sage and you're gonna light your sage. You're gonna start by um going outside your front door and you're gonna be basically what they call or I call or we call smudging. You're gonna smudge. Okay. You're going to clear the space and you're going to walk in and you're going to go to your right. So that's, I don't know, just walk in, go to your, go to right, your right. Okay. And wave the, the sage up and down. Also have something, you guys, like a little um, dish or something, you know, a little dish of sand or whatever. Please don't like set your curtains on fire. <laughs> right. like, who 
please be careful. Uh, I'm going to go up and down and you're going to say, I cleanse this house. I clear this house or home or apartment or whatever you want to say of any negativity, any psychic debris, any foreign energy, any lower level energy, any stuck energy, anything that doesn't belong here, anything that's been stuck here, any, any unhealthy attachments here. I'm going to ask it to go in the name of God or in the name of the white light or name of spirit, whatever resonates with you. And you're going to go up and down, go around the window frames, up and down, go in the closets. And you're just going to go around the whole, each room, okay. clearing and cleansing and saging and asking it to go. Don't ask it to go like, please leave me alone. <laughs> you know, just say, right. I ask you to go in the name of light, in the name of love, in the name of God, whatever resonates with you. Uh, and I clear this place. I clear it out of any stuck energy, any negativity. You may go. You may go in the name of God, in the name of light. And just kind of create a mantra and, and, and say, I mean you no harm. I ask that you go. And really, you have confidence. You are happy. Mm. You're smelling this yummy sage. You're loving your house up or your apartment up. You're doing it with joy, with love. You're not engaging in a negative way. And you're, you're cleansing it out. Go all the way. Go up. Go up through all the corners. And then after that, I usually go into each corner and I clap up the sides. Any stuck energy may go. In a corner? Okay. In all the corners, all the corners, all the corners. Okay. Any stuck energy, any lower level energy, clap, 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 uh, may go in the name of God. You may go. I mean, you no harm. I ask, this is my space. I ask that you go in love in light in protection go. And you just shake it up. Um, I would also say too. I usually do this before clean your house. Really clean it. Okay. Get rid of shit, get rid of clutter, get rid of stuff you don't want, sweep, you know, put bleach your bathroom, you know, freshen it up. Okay. Clear out anything that's any, you know, clutter it creates mental clutter, creates lower level energy, like just move things out and create some positive energy in the home, clear out the home. And after you do that cleansing and that clearing, go back to your candle. And what you're going to do is sit down and you're going to say, now, with all of this positive energy, with my guides, with my angels, with my loved ones in spirit, with all this positive energy and this white light candle, I am imagining a beautiful bubble of white light encircling my house and sealing my house mm. in a positive bubble, in a protective bubble, asking that any other negativity or stuck energy or anything would just bounce off our energetic bubble. And you're going to seal your house up in a white light. You're going to thank your guides. You're going to thank your angels. And you're going to blow out your candle. And you're going to go on with your day. Don't be scared. Don't go, are you still there? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Move on. You know, that's, let it go. I mean, that just sounds like such a beautiful practice in general. Is it? Is it good to kind of just every once in a while do that, even if you're not feeling any yes. sort of like negative energy in your house, to just make sure that it's all cleared? 100%. Yes. Clear your house, manage your energy. I mean, I sage myself like 15 times a day, but I have a very <laughs> unique job. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but absolutely. And like, that is such a great question because like, if you, you know, again, like no matter what you take away, know that your body, your mind and your spirit are all connected. It's like mm. triangle. And so managing your, your spirit, managing your energy is so important. Like we manage our bodies, like we brush our teeth, right. get dressed, brush our teeth. We manage our mind. Maybe we, you know, I don't read things, learn things. Right. right. 
But what do you do for your spirit? It's like manage your energy, you know, mm. clear out your energy, clear any baggage, especially for people that are really sensitive. You know, you're most likely taking on other people's stuff yes. that doesn't even belong to you. And you go home, you're like, I'm exhausted and I'm a little bit depressed and I don't right. even know why. Yeah. Why do well, I have this half, backpack of feelings? <laughs> right. Half the time it's not even yours. And so clear it, let it go, release it. Mm. Like there's a way to love people without taking over their problems. Mm. So when you were talking about, um, initially with the cleansing of the house and you're saying like, don't say, you know, what do you want with me? You know, whatever. All I'm thinking of, are you then anti I'd imagine like a Ouija board, like kids involving themselves and stuff like that? Or is that something that is kind of like, Oh, you know, So here's what's funny. Like you would think with my personality and the way that I am, I would be like, it's whatever intention you have and like whatever. Um, I absolutely 1 million billion trillion percent do not recommend playing around with a Ouija board. Okay. If Becca were here, she'd be like, yes, listen to her. (laughs) Becca's like, so like, no, I really wouldn't. And I wouldn't play around with tarot cards unless you feel like you know how to manage your energy and call in positive energy and know what you're doing. And I wouldn't play around with pendulums. I wouldn't do that. I don't think there's anything inherently powerful about a Ouija board, Mm -hmm. but I think if your intention is to open up a channel to the ghost world, guess what? You're going to, and it's going to feel really bad. And what happens is with things like that, it's like going to Times Square and being like, hey, everyone, I'm having a party. Here's my address. Like, (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. That example. (laughs) Yeah. You'd have a super weird party. You'd have a lot of people who were not desirable that you did not want to have there. Yeah. Oh my God. You'd have a lot of weird, you know, a lot yeah. of, you'd have a party. And instead you send out an invitation to who you want to talk to. And it is very clear. I think the Ouija board, um, taps into stuck earthly vibration. I think, um, I would not recommend it. I really wouldn't. I wish I could be like, whatever, but I can't. No. It's not safe. It's good to know. It's one of those things that when I was growing up, I was always like very scared of. Um, and then I, have not ever dabbled with it because of like, you know, my past fears and the older I get, like, though I'm like, Oh, it sounds like so interesting and curious, but I feel like the older I get, the more I'm like, I, and I hear more like speaking to people like you who are knowledgeable. I'm like, this just doesn't feel like a positive thing to maybe open up. Yes. I would so listen to that. And I would also say, just cause we have talked about spooky stuff yeah. and I know it sounds weird, but there is nothing to be afraid of. Mm. Nothing is going to hurt you or harm you or, you know, do anything to you. You don't have to be afraid. I think the idea is, you know, there is always positive and negative in the world. That's part of the human experience. That's part of the earthly experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you want to tap into the light or do you want to tap into the negative? You mm-hmm. know, um, just focus on positivity and focus on light. And for you, like you would focus on your grandpa and focus right. on, you know, the image of angels and protection. I would say the more you focus on scary stuff and negative stuff and, and things like that, the more you kind of, you know, start to engage in that energy. Sure. And there's no need for that. So I would say don't be afraid. And if you have a haunting, 
don't freak out. Yeah. Just clear your house. You're going to be okay. <laughs> don't panic. Well, when don't you're talking panic. about the positive stuff and you mentioned yeah. that you have like what can connect with angels, mm-hmm. can you explain that? Like, what does that look like? And how can you tell a difference between, you know, maybe someone who's past versus like an angelic being? Right. So that's like what I worked on for years is like, am I talking to a ghost? Am I talking to a loved one? Am Mm -hmm. I talking to an angel? Am I talking to a guide? So that took years to develop, you know what I mean? And, and and that was, it's, it's, it's like a very specific different vibration that I feel. Um, so angels are different than spirit guides because angels have always been angels and will always be angels. Mm. So spirit guides have lived many, 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 many lives They are done incarnating and they have taken on a special role in spirit as a guide for those still living. And the reason why they do that is because they understand the full range of emotions that humans feel. They get it. They've lived. They understand you. Angels haven't lived before. Okay. They are, think of it as time, time having no beginning, middle or end. Time is a circle Mm -hmm. and angels have always been angels. They always will be angels. Like we don't go into spirit and sprout wings, unfortunately, you know, (laughs) angels are the angels and will always be the angels. Um, so when I connect with an angel, it usually like, it is very telepathically. Um, and what I'll see is a situation in the person's life that the angel is showing up, that they have been there, that they're the one. So meaning I will see someone in deep, deep depression, hysterically crying every single night to sleep. And then I will see them fall asleep and the angel will show me them putting their hand on them so that they may sleep, that it help them sleep. Okay. Okay. Or I will see someone like meaning like the angel is helping them sleep. And then I'll ask the person, do you remember that when you're crying and then you all of a sudden wake up the next morning and don't remember how you fell asleep? And they're like, oh my God, all the time. And yeah. I'm like, that's your angel. Or I'll see someone get in a car accident and total their car and be, and walk out like dust free, you know, and I'll see the angel will show me them putting them like their arm across them. So I see angels come in, in certain ways like that as protectors. Okay. Okay. And so versus then the spirit guide who different, different. Okay. And what does that look like? Spirit guides, spirit guides are the ones. So I work with my spirit guides very closely. I've been talking to them. They're telling me what to say. Um, that's going to resonate with you and your listeners. So I've been working with my spirit guides the entire time. Um, it is, I do readings with my spirit guides every single time. So I never go forward on a reading if my spirit guides aren't with me. Really? My spirit guides keep me safe. They help interpret what the other person's spirit guides are saying. So they are, they are my, I mean, they're, they're how I live. Basically I work with my spirit guides. So your spirit guides work with you in your intuition. Okay. So if you want to get to know your spirit guides and you want to know who they are, work with quieting your mind Mm. and dropping in, dropping from your head to your heart quieting the chaos of the world and dropping down and dropping in, connecting with your own inner voice and intuition. And that's where you can connect with your spirit guides. So when I work with people, um, a lot of times my guides are talking to their guides. Okay. So and our, they're giving me messages. Mm-hmm. So our spirit guides typically, like you said, they're been reincarnated many times and are done. Is it typically someone like a, a family member or someone that 
you know, was once in your family connected to you or is it just kind of at random? Okay. I haven't seen that, but I'll tell you when you see your spirit guide again, you know them better than you've ever known anyone in your entire life. Okay. But I don't see people like my grandma didn't come become your guide. Okay. Sorry. Can you repeat that for one second? You, you cut off for a second. No, 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 no. Sorry. Okay. Um, so like my grandma did not become my spirit guide. My grandma will always be my grandma. I understand. Spirit guides are ones that we knew before we came to this incarnation that we made a beautiful pact with that they would help us through life. Okay. Okay. So your loved ones are one thing. Your angels are one thing. Your spirit guides are one thing. Your spirit animals are one thing. It's all separate. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And do you, are you able to like, do you see people's spirit guides or do you just sometimes? Sometimes. Okay. So sometimes, so a lot of times spirit guides say, tell them to meet me, tell them to come for me, tell them to get to know me. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, Sometimes I do see really clear spirit guides and sometimes spirit guides don't always appear as people. Sometimes they're a flash of light, uh, a ball of white energy, uh, a white butterfly. I'll see different symbols that the spirit guide has taken on. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. just so fascinating. Okay. <laughs> I have a few so more much, questions friend. for you. Okay. I have a few more minutes, a few more minutes. All right. Yes. So I had one question for you as a mother. Yes. I know you yeah. said you have two little ones. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were born, what yes. was your, what were your like abilities? Like how did that affect you as a mother? Oh were you gosh. constantly seeing like things around, like spirits around them? Like, or did no. you turn it off? No, 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 it really, no, it wasn't like that for me. First of all, I was so fucking tired. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? I'm just seeing blackout. That's all I'm seeing. I'm like, why doesn't anyone tell? No one tells you. Oh, nobody tells you. Nobody tells you. Nobody tells you. I used to literally like be hanging on my son's crib crying. Please. mm -hmm. Oh, sleep. (laughs) Um, sleep But it's interesting. Um, I did feel like so much the connection, like when I had my daughter it was right. It was very soon after, um, I had my daughter and then just a few months after that, I lost my best friend. And so so I, yeah, when I, so I just remember thinking of her a lot because we had this soul to soul, that female Mm -hmm. deep, deep connection. And then here was this little girl and, um, it was just this beautiful, amazing connection. So I did think of her a lot, but that was more as Erica instead of spiritual medium, Erica, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Like if I'm like, if I would be a medium and I have my daughter, if all of a sudden I'd be like tuning into everything. No, I try not to. And I do try and keep it separate, but it's so funny the other day, like my daughter, I was like picking up my daughter from school and like there was a mom and she's getting her daughter and, and the girls were like, we want play dates. And I'm like, oh, cool. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, and she was cute. The mom was all cute. Yeah. And, and she was like, yeah, I'm like, I'll check with my work schedule or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. What, what do you do? And she's like, oh, I'm a real estate agent. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. And she's like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, um, well, I'm a spiritual medium, so I deliver messages from those on the other side to oh, those that are still God. here living. <laughs> and Naomi, my daughter, goes, my mommy talks to ghosts and spirits. Oh, my God. 
And the lady oh just looked God. at me and she's so rad and she's a friend now and whatever. This was like, this actually wasn't that long ago. And um, I go, but my house is is totally normal. Your dog's all safe to come over, I swear. Oh my God. Do people sometimes have an adverse reaction when you say what your occupation is and what you do? Um, there's all kinds of reactions. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of of different reactions. Most people are just like, wow, like tell me about that or what is that like and and things like that. And and it's hard for me in those moments because I mean, what it's really like, I will have to get into kind of a deep thing. So yeah, I have to kind of just say like, oh, you know, yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm so honored I can do it for people. You know, I don't, you know, it's, it's hard to know how deep, you know, to, to go. So of just course. kind of gauging that. But most people are really like, think it's really neat. And, you know, it's, it's my thing and they're happy for me, you know? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Well, First of all, thank you so, so much. I mean, you're so fantastic. And I know that a lot of our listeners are going to want to like connect with you somehow. Can you like plug away and tell us like, if, do you do readings for people? Oh yeah. Okay. So, so yes. Yeah. So, so to connect with me, you can go to ericagabriel.com, which is E-R-I-K-A-G-A-B-R-I-E-L.com. And I promise you that's my real last name. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, when you first sent it to me, I was like, hmm, is this for real? Yeah. People are like, did you take that last name? I'm like, no, that's my true, my true last name is so ericagabriel.com. If you go on there, you can book a phone reading or a Skype reading with me. And then I also do group events. Um, and then also you guys join my email list. I promise I won't harass you. Like if you don't want to have a reading, but join my email list because I wrote a book. I do not have a release date. I don't know when it's coming out or how it's coming out, but I wrote a book called 10 things I've learned from talking to the dead that changed my life and can change yours too. And- oh, that sounds good. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so if you want to be one of the first people to know when it comes out, join my mailing list. Again, I don't send a lot of emails. Um, so that's a great way to stay in touch. And then also I'm on Instagram. Yes, you are. So yeah, find me at spiritual medium, Erica. Um, so find me to connect with me there and, um, yeah. Perfect. And, and broads will put all of the info in the episode notes as uh, we typically do. So you'll be able to find everything about Erica if you want to contact her or follow her. Thank you so much. You better oh believe my, I, I'm going to be hitting you up soon for a personal <laughs> reading. I'm like, I, can't I have wait. many questions. <laughs> oh, I really, I really love talking to you. Truly. Oh, thank thank you, you. And thank you for all your questions. And, and I love being here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Anytime we're going to beg oh. for you back. <laughs> oh, I would love it. I love it. You're welcome. Hey, Brads, just Jess here. Hi, how are you? I am now alone. Erica Gabriel, spiritual medium, has left the building, a.k.a. left the Skype call. Um, First of all, she's amazing, just like this brilliant ball of incredible light of a human being. Um, But I have to say this. So she told us that she's like comfortable basically answering any question, um, which is one of my most favorite things when guests are completely open. Um, But in regards to readings, it's something I believe that she does in more of like a personal, non-public practice way um, when you're going deep into a full reading. Uh, So off camera... Um, off mic, I started to speak with her. And all I will say is this, I am booking a reading with her. She is unbelievable. 
And I know Becca will be booking a reading with her after I chat with her as well. Um, if you have in any way the opportunity or option to book a reading, I would highly suggest it because after her and my conversation privately, I walked away and I am just like beaming and all the good things. So I'll leave it at that. But that being said, like I was saying earlier, there was some weird malfunction with the internet and all like the, uh, the mics and all this shit. And honestly, it's never happened because our producer, AKA my sexy ass husband, Evan is a top notch pro and always knows how to figure out everything. And our guest was down and willing to chat for two hours and it took about about the first hour to not have all this spooky business go on so I know that we were talking about all this positive wonderful energy but I don't know there was some weird stuff going on because it never happens ever so I just I couldn't leave my broads hanging and you know I wanted to give you more than an hour-long episode so I figured we could do some like fun Q&A time though I miss Becca Becca, where are you? I'm on this couch. It's cold. I feel alone. But for real, I do miss her. I feel like half of my heart is gone. So in attempt to not feel so lonely, I'm reaching out to you, all my broads, and getting your questions so we can have a cozy Q&A time together. So let's dive in and do this. Um... This question is from Bethany Saden. What's your best advice for someone starting a podcast? Okay, we get a lot. We get this message a lot. Um, a lot of you broads have reached out and asked uh, just recommendations of how to get started and words of advice and all that. And first of all, listen to me. Start that damn podcast. Like for real, don't let it hold you. Like don't let yourself hold you back. If you have something that you want to say, you get behind that mic and you start a podcast because we have so many unbelievably talented people who listen to this show who are creative and funny and we read the DMs. We see how fucking hilarious you guys are. Like start your podcast. Um, my biggest piece of advice would be that when you start it, don't start it with an intention to be like, we're going to make that money, honey. We're going to get famous. Do it if it's with the knowledge that it might be just for you. Like if there's a chance that only one person in the whole world listens to the podcast and it's just you and you still want to start it, start that podcast because it needs to just be for you. Like let your creative outlet flow, start that podcast. If you have something to say, start the podcast and just make it about the importance of what you feel like you are offering the world. Even if that world, like I said, just means one or two people, if it's important, say it. Or even if like you just want to get behind a mic with a friend of yours and talk shit and laugh and have a good time, but that's what you want to do. Even if only one or two people listen to it, do it. I believe that, um, you know, when, when people do things for a intention that isn't just something that they're passionate about, that people can sense the inauthenticity. I, I think like, even if you look at influencers, when someone just kind of does a copy paste and is like, this is what I must do to, uh, get a certain amount of followers and get famous or whatever, you can kind of smell that. People love authenticity. People do really care. And I think one of the most beautiful things about this generation that's coming up is it seems like 
they care so much about like authenticity. And I think that that's beautiful. And uh, yeah, so if you have something to say, you do you and you say it. I want to just see all these broad squad members rising up and, and starting their own podcasts and taking over. We're taking over the airwaves. Even though I don't know if airwaves, if that's how it works now that it's not radio. Um, yeah, I think that that covers the, the question. Other than that, oh, yes, when it comes to um, like practical ways to start a podcast and equipment and all that, um, we've talked about it before, but on Skillshare, I believe we did an ad in the last episode that gives you like a couple free months. Um, but there is a class on Skillshare about podcasting that I'm telling you is extremely good. I'm not saying this for the ad. I'm saying it because it's one of the best things that I can direct people to. So check that out on Skillshare too. All right. Next question from, oh, I don't know if I should say this name. We'll just say the first name, Caitlin. Caitlin asks, how do you tell someone they are not going to be a bridesmaid when they expect it? Oh, God. Oh, God, it hits me right in the heart because it hits home. This is a really good question. Um, Caitlin, guilty over here. Uh, Man, when it came to my wedding, both myself and Evan, we both were guilty of this. Um, Listen, let's break this down. I feel like there are, this also could be uh, relevant for things that don't involve necessarily a wedding. Um, But telling someone that they're not going to be a bridesmaid when they expect it. Um, I've been in a situation before, and I know numerous people who have, where like you end up getting asked to be the bridesmaid or groomsman in someone's wedding. And you're like, oh, I didn't think that we were that close or we haven't hung out in years and I'm going to be in your wedding and you appreciate it. And that's very lovely. But then all of a sudden the pressure hits and you feel like, oh shit, I have to have them in my wedding too. And, um, yeah, I think sometimes it's hard not to succumb. I know for me to those people pleasing tendencies of like, okay, if they have me in theirs, I owe it. But listen, Caitlin, This is your day. I know that's so cliche, but I feel like it's hard to not get caught up in everyone's opinion when it's your wedding. When it's your wedding, everyone has opinions. Your mom, your dad, your in-laws, your family's friends, your great aunt Judy wants a specific song and you're like, I can't balance all this stuff. So when you're then on top of this worried about like sparing people's feelings, obviously like be kind, but you have to, to know that it's about you and... It may be an awkward conversation, but it'll be just a blip in your life. And gosh, I know that that conversation could just make your this, your skin crawl um, and it might hurt the person. But at the same time, if it's not someone that you want as a bridesmaid or groomsman in your wedding, it's not worth the sacrifice because this is going to be a day that you you do. I know people say like oh my gosh, like don't, you know, whatever, it's your wedding. It it really is. It's a day that you truly remember for a really long time. And even though you may not necessarily specifically remember every little part of it, like every moment that you have with um, your bridesmaids or groomsmen, I know for me, like, your bridesmaids are the people who are with you throughout the process and you want that good, good energy. And if there's someone in there that, you know, you're like, no, this is not somebody that I want, then 
you just got to have that conversation and it'll be really uncomfortable and it may hurt the person's feelings. But in the end, I think it's the healthier thing because you're being honest with, you know, yourself and them. And also, like, here's the thing. If the tables were turned, would you want someone feeling obligated to have you be a bridesmaid and then like know in the back of your mind the whole time that they didn't actually want you or find out later they didn't actually want you to be a bridesmaid? No, that would stink. I know for me, I'd be like super bummed out if I found out that I was like the obligatory bridesmaid. I'd be like, no, 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 it's all good. Like that that hurts but an option is and again I don't know the energy of this person so I don't even know if they you want to invite them into this space but I've had numerous situations where I was not on the bridal part I was not in the bridal party but I was invited to the bachelorette party and you have that moment of like that sting of oh I'm not one of the bridesmaids but let's be real the bachelorette party is more fun anyways and sometimes when you're a bridesmaid it costs a lot of money so maybe you're actually doing this person a favor so I don't know if that helps but I say you just have to be kind be straight say you know I care about you I love you you know if you do say it if not you don't have to say that but (laughs) just that you care about them and you don't want to hurt them and you acknowledge that it's uncomfortable but for you these are the people and maybe you know but I can't wait to spend time at my bridal shower with you or whatever anywho like I said hope that helps I know it's the most awkward um I do have to pause for a second though and let you know I am sitting here drinking a glass of wine I'm winding down and I got this glass of wine from a company, one of our most favorite companies at the Broad Squad. We love them. All you broads love them. It's unanimous. We love First Leaf Wine Club. Saving money on award-winning wine you're guaranteed to love has never been easier than with First Leaf. Unlike other wine clubs that guess about your favorite wines, First Leaf uses your feedback. They care about what you have to say and your ratings to curate wine selections personalized to your unique tastes. First Leaf is so confident in the quality of their wine, they even have a 100% satisfaction guarantee that means if you're not feeling a particular bottle of wine first leaf will cover it completely that is confidence my broads uh first leaf truly does have my heart i got started by taking the first leaf wine quiz to assess my exact wine drinking preferences does this wine queen like it sweet is she adventurous what style does she typically prefer uh and more to discover what i love exactly first leaf then created an introductory six pack of wine for me all for just 29.95 no, it's not a joke. Seriously, an introductory six-pack of wine for $29.95. And these wines normally go for at least 20 bucks a piece. We're talking like the type of quality wine that you show off when the guests come over. Well, when my bottles arrived, I tasted and rated them online. First Leaf then took my ratings and selected unique wines based on my taste for my next shipment. So there were wines that I loved. There were some that I didn't love. Uh, in fact, First Leaf sends out more than 17,000 unique shipments of wine every month because everyone's tastes are different. They're just so brilliant. Um, now, they are sending me the most perfectly curated box of wine for me. It is 100% all the best wine that I've ever tasted. I've discovered so many different types of wine now since First Leaf that I'm considering that, you know, maybe I should be a sommelier or something. I don't know. Uh, sign up with our link and you'll get the same exclusive intro offer that we got. Yes, that's six bottles of wine for 
only $29.95 plus free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash chatty. That's six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash chatty. Um, yeah, it's absolutely delicious. I would highly recommend always drinking and ordering First Leaf. It's the best. Okay, so let's have um, one that's a little more serious. Um, question, I don't need to be anonymous. Okay, so this is uh, Wysa Blue, I believe it's pronounced. My longtime boyfriend, who I'm madly in love with, uh, just trying to preface that we have a good relationship and love each other deeply. Anyway, he just got diagnosed with bi- bipolar 2 uh, after two years of going through hell and trying to figure out what was going on. I love him so much, and it's absolutely killing me to see him struggle with the highs and lows of this. Jess, what is your advice on loving someone with bipolar disorder, too? Uh, I so badly want to be there for him, and I'm so scared of doing or saying the wrong thing. Also, we only see each other uh, once or twice a week because we live about an hour away from each other. He says being with him is what helps him most, so every single day that we're both free, we spend together, but I just feel helpless otherwise. Um, It would really mean a lot. If you'd answer this, I feel like I'm grasping at straws. Um, first of all, I am so terribly sorry to hear that your boyfriend is having to go through this and that, um, you know, that you're having to see him go through this. Uh, if you haven't listened, um, if you've been a listener, but haven't, uh, been listening long, you may not know that I, uh, was diagnosed a few years ago with bipolar disorder. And we actually have an episode called by called bipolar disorder where I get more into it. If you want to, you want to hear more about that. Um, but I would say this, it's really tough to give recommendations to people who are in relationships with someone who does have, um, a mental disorder. I know for myself with my husband, um, it was really difficult for him when I was going through the heat, the heat of it. Um, so I first and foremost want to address how you, how you, um, are going to handle this or my suggestion. I would say, make sure that you're continuing to take care of you. Because we talked about this actually in our boundary podcast that we put out, boundary broads podcast that we put out um, like two weeks ago, I think two or three weeks ago. Um, When someone is a caretaker and girl, I mean, in this situation, you are in that role when someone that you love is going through it. Um, It is so important for the caretaker to be taking care of themselves first and foremost, because if they're not taking care of themselves, then it's hard to give anything. Um, So I would say, make sure that you are positioning yourself, that you are taking care of you. Um, I know you were saying that you guys have this great relationship and I think that that's so wonderful. Um, And the fact that he's saying that, you know, being with you is what helps him most is a testament to what a good girlfriend you are and are being. Um, but I would say what's so important is that you are not his only crutch because when you put yourself in that position, that's what I did with Evan for a while. I made him my one and only, and I put all the pressure on him because he did let me and he was so wonderful at handling all that. And he could handle so much, but at a certain point, he couldn't, 
he couldn't give ev- give me everything. I couldn't put everything on him. Um, and that was a painful process then for both of us to kind of work our way around that. So I would say, as he is stepping into this, make it known to him how much you adore him, how much you will always be there for him, how much you respect him and you see him. But at the same time, it has to be made clear that you cannot be his only outlet. Um, and you could help him by holding his hand through the process. I obviously don't know what your boyfriend's situation is, but maybe that's, you know, you making sure that he's going regularly to therapy or not, not your job, but making sure that he does have other outlets. Right. So I know for me, therapy was, was vital that he, that he has a doctor, that he has a therapist. Um, Scout who was on our bipolar podcast talked about how things like cupping and meditation were very healing for her. Your boyfriend has to have these things that are going to help him um, in these healing processes. And you cannot be the only one if that is at all possible. Now, I don't know if he has any other people in his life that he can also lean on. That would be fantastic. But if you're the only person, there has to be other sources for him. Um, maybe it's things, practices that he can go to because... As amazing of a human being as you are, there will be a point, and I know that point was hit home for Evan eventually. Like I said, he was fantastic through it all. But it's hard not to get bitter and panicky and feel trapped when you become the only crutch for someone who is struggling with a mental disorder. So make sure that you take care of yourself and... um, As far as he goes, um, the things that I mentioned before, maybe you can do some research into um, different things that help um, people. Like I said, our one bipolar episode, we talk about different resources. Maybe you can share those resources with him. You guys can have a night where you sit down together. Um, But the only other thing that I would say, and there's so much to be said, but um, the only other thing that I would say is to just make sure that he does feel... um, respected. I know that when you are told that you have bipolar, you feel crazy. Um, sometimes it can be validating in the sense of like, now I know what's, what's going on, but you do feel crazy. And sometimes in arguments or in stress situations, um, people can dismiss you because of your bipolar. Um, so if at all possible, you can make him feel seen and if he's going through a manic episode that you or, or a, um, a depressive episode that you hear him and l- allow him to feel seen and don't just brush it off. Even if in your head you're processing through it going, okay, he's having an episode, but nothing was better for me than when someone saw me and didn't just brush it off and go, you're just acting crazy or you're, you know, having an episode. Um, yeah. That one is, it, it's one of those topics that, you know, could go on. You could have a conversation about it for forever. But, um, yeah, I hope that, I hope that that helps. And we're definitely thinking of you and, and your boyfriend. And I hope that um, your relationship continues to grow stronger through this. Um, all right, let's take a question from Cranny with three A's. When you, when will you be doing another live show? I just missed the last one by a month when I started listening and would love to see you broads. Um, it's Christine B. 
Uh, Christine, we, oh my goodness, we just had such a great time. So if you don't know, we had a live show with the company Peanut for mothers. It's an amazing company. And it was just a small live show that we did. And we had so much fun literally coming face to face with our broads was everything kept me going for like a straight month. Um, we would love to do more live shows at this point. Um, in this exact moment, we're going to talk about it in an episode soon where we let you guys know what's been going on in our lives. Life has been hectic. Um, we have been super, super crazy busy, especially Becca has been juggling so many plates, um, that the ability to do live shows right now is not necessarily an option. Now, one or two may come up that we can say yes to. So it's not a no, um, but more of a soon in the future. We don't have anything booked right now, but we will absolutely let you guys know, um, when we start getting that, um, getting those on the books, we plan to, we want to, meeting you all, like I said, was everything. And, um, through all the craziness, like obviously we do our best to respond to some DMS, but you know, with having kids and, and, uh, and work and partners and all that, sometimes you have to not go on the social media as much just because, um, it can be consuming, but we try to respond, but man, meeting in person, it was like when we had that event, even if only one person would have showed up to that peanut event, it would have been fully worth it because when we were meeting the broads, it was like, we have this connection and it's not just the podcast, like the listeners watching, like all of the, um, people at the event meeting and get like connecting. There's something that we have this like symbiosis and it's fucking magic. We love you all. And there's this connection. So we want to get out. We will in the future. Um, and we'll keep you guys all sorts of updated with um, when that does happen. Um, let's see. Next question. Were Ross and Rachel on a break? <laughs> well, okay. First of all, um, yeah, I, do- I have so many opinions about breaks. I believe that I never thought that they were because it was not fully communicated. Okay. But I do have opinions about breaks and let me get into this. Okay. Um, I don't know how I feel about a break. You know, I'm not a huge fan of a break. Um, did I do it? 100%. I, you better believe I had a break in my relationship. Um, but the thing with breaks is that it seems like one or both of the partners isn't like following the other one. It always seems like one person, it's like a Ross and Rachel thing. One person thinks that it means that like they're not talking for a couple days or they're talking on the phone, but not seeing each other in person. And then the other person thinks like we're practically broken up and I can kind of go on dates, but like it can't be official. And then one person thinks that like, I'm actually, you know, we're going to see each other in one day. And one person thinks it's going to be a month. And I mean, it just gets so convoluted and messy and crazy. And the drama of it all. And I don't know. I just feel like with a break and no shade to those who have gone on breaks, this isn't a hard and fast rule. I think it works for some people. Um, like I said, I have done it, but I know for myself and I know for many other friends of mine who have gone on breaks, a lot of times it seems like the best choice would be to either say, we are continuing the relationship. We are going through a rough spot, but we're going to dig in our heels and figure this out. Or this isn't maybe a good time for us to be in a relationship and we break up. 
Because the thing with a break is it seems to me that a lot of times it has to do with maybe one partner um, not wanting to hurt the other partner. Like one partner thinks, I want to be... I want to be broken up, but I maybe don't have the courage or my heart hurts too much to say to my other partner face to face, like it's over completely, but I know it's coming, but maybe a break's going to make it easier, smoother. Or one person is thinking like, I don't know if I want to commit to saying a hard no, because like, what if something better comes along, but what if something doesn't? And, or someone goes, I know for me, a huge one was, I don't want to be alone. So I'm too scared, even though I know we should be broken up, I'm too scared to say we need to break up because I don't want to be alone. So I don't know. Again, not a hard and fast rule, but I would take a good hard look um, at going on a break because I don't typically see great things coming from them. And also, if your partner says, I think we should go on a break, I would highly suggest being very straight and saying, okay, what are you really trying to say? Why do you want to go on a break? Why don't you want to break up? Or why don't you want to just dig your heels and, and, and try this and make sure that you have a very clear definition of what your break looks like. Like here are the 10 rules of our break. This is the time when we're going to start talking again. We can or can't talk on the phone, which I recommend if you have a break, you just, you know, whatever. Well, you know what? That was a basic question about Ross and Rachel, and I just fully ranted about it. But you know what? Friends is a very important show. There are a lot of beautiful rules and life lessons that can come from friends. Um, okay, let's try another one. DK underscore turtle asks, have you ever been caught having sex? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been caught having sex. Um, oh, I mean, I guess... I guess it wasn't like a hard catch, but let me see if I can tell the story. Um, so Evan and I, this was before we were younger. We were, you know, uh, I was still living at home and my parents weren't there and we were in the very front room right next to the front door and we're, you know, just ripping each other's clothes off and it's a passionate lovemaking session. Why we weren't in a room with the door closed, I don't know. We were young, we were impassioned, it was magic and it was happening in the front room. Well, all of a sudden I hear a car coming into the driveway and first thing I go is, oh shit, I sure hope that's not my dad. Thank God it wasn't. But it was my mom, which is also not great. And... Evan and I are in a full panic. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And the way that our house was set up at the time was there were a few, like there was the front room and then there was a wide open space. And then at the very back, there was the kit, there was the kitchen and the living room, but there was a like galleyway door like into the backside of the kitchen. Then that would lead back to like the front room area. So you could kind of circle around Um, I don't know if that's a good explanation, but that's it. So I somehow am getting my clothes on pretty quickly, um, faster than Evan. Also, Evan, hey, get better at putting your clothes on. I got bras. I got doodads bras. I have multiple bras that I'm putting on. I'm extremely modest. I have 15 bras (laughs) and all sorts of trinkets, all sorts of gadgets all over my ears and my wrists and all that. And somehow I put my clothes on faster. Um, Evan full panic. I go, he barely has anything on. And I'm like, Evan, get to the back. And he 
charges to the back of um, the the first story of the house. Oh my God, that sounds like the big, that's the most obnoxious. We have so many stories. (laughs) We had two. It's a normal sized home. The back of the first story. And um, so then all of a sudden my mom walks through the front door I am fully flushed, sweating from putting all my clothes on. And I'm like, oh my God, hi mom, how are you? And she's like, um, hi, she's holding groceries. I'm like, oh my God, what are those groceries? Like so enamored by what she's holding. Um, so shocked to have never seen groceries before. And I'm like, can I help you with those? And she's like, bitch, what is going on? You have never asked help with groceries before. Um, yeah, I probably wasn't like the best child helper. I apologize, mother. Bless you. You're fantastic. Um, so I'm literally holding like the same groceries that she is holding and like keeping eye contact at at her as like, as she's walking to the back where I know Evan is. And as we're walking, Evan does this thing where he goes through the back doorway and my mom and him and I do this full circle around each other, like this circle of nudity because his dick, I think at this time is still out. Somehow he's still tucking everything in and I'm trying to make sure my mom keeps eye contact with me and doesn't see my practically fully naked boyfriend. And they do that. We do the circle of nudity and I then get her, he passes her, gets to the front door. I get her to the kitchen and I'm unpacking with her, telling her, you know, all these details about my day that I normally never would. And then all of a sudden she says, I need to go get more groceries from the car. She starts walking back. I'm like, I sure hope that the dick is in the pants at this point. Um, and he is now fully clothed, standing at the front door, like a valet. I mean, just like hands are folded in front of him. (laughs) It's so obvious. And he's like, hello, Mrs. Collins. First time he's ever called her that. Hello, Mrs. Collins. Can I help you with groceries? I mean, he always would help with the groceries because he's a a lovely, lovely man. But um, she's like, clearly she knows something is going on. So technically she didn't catch us. But years later we had the conversation and she was like, duh, obviously you guys were canoodling. You were doing the, what do they call it? The horizontal mambo I I mamba I don't know I don't know whatever it's called <laughs> um so yeah I think that's a getting caught type of story um all right let's do two more how about oh here's one that I get a lot people slide into my dms and ask me this Jess and this is from Isabel Martin Jess, in college, what did you get your degree in uh, if you did so? I did. I actually did get my degree. Um, I double majored. I had initially, I actually went in for forensic psychology. I was convinced that I was going to be the next Clarice uh, from Hannibal. And turns out I um, am not as smart as I thought I was. (laughs) And I started doing some of those classes at school and there was more math than I predicted. And I don't do math. Math and I don't do each other. Um, So I ended up majoring in communications. And then during my communications degree process, there were tons of extra units that I could take. And I one day took a class um, with an amazing professor, um, an intercultural studies class. And that was the moment that I realized that I had the most narrow worldview ever. And I'm like, girl, you need to get out of your bubble. This is ridiculous. There is 
a lot more out there and many, many types of people. And you need to become more empathetic and understanding and learn more about all the different types of people. So I ended up then getting a double or a double major. So communications and then intercultural studies. And it was absolutely fantastic. Um, and then, um, after college, I, went and got an internship at a fashion PR firm, which is when I started working with a lot of uh, wardrobe stylists who would come in when I'd be doing the PR end of things. Um, and after a few years of working in PR, I started doing wardrobe styling myself because after hanging out with all those wardrobe stylists, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. So I didn't use my communications degree. Um, I mean, I guess now we have a podcast. So, hey, I can contact all my professors now. They can finally be proud. Um, and the intercultural studies major, honestly, uh, I feel like I use it every day just because it helped me learn more about the fact that not everything existed in Orange County, which is pretty much, I guess, what my brain thought. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. Very grateful. All right. One last one. Let's do one that's not about me. Um, 16 Vic asks how to be brave as an adult and express different opinions from your parents. So how can you be brave as an adult and express different opinions from your parents? This is a fantastic question. Um, and this is tough. This is very tough because obviously when you're growing up, your parents are going to kind of be the end all be all, be all or your caretakers are. These are the people who basically are keeping you alive as you're young. So, of course, you're going to look at them and think that, you know, they are the end all be all. Um, but I will say after having a child, I realized that I, Jessica, am a child in an adult's body. Like, I do not by any means know everything. And I, by all means, am far from perfect. And realizing that all of a sudden that like, wait, adults don't know everything. Like mom and dad aren't always right um, was something that was very healing for me. Because I think once you realize that your parents don't know everything, which obviously we all come to that point, but that moment is, is powerful. And Everyone is so different. When we had our Enneagram episode the other day, like, my goodness, there's a perfect example of so many different types of people in this world and so many personalities. And one personality is not wrong or right. We're just different. And you can be very, very different from your parents. And what was good for them and what's right for them to believe isn't necessarily right and good for you. But I will say this as a parent, and I hope not to do this, but I can see how this would be so easy to do, um, is that when you see your child doing something that's different from what your plan or your life looked like, your fixation becomes fear. You're worried about your child. You want what's best for them. So when you don't necessarily agree with or understand their path, um, sometimes parents will have an adverse reaction to that. Um, but at the root of it, it's good to remember that it's typically based in love, but it's a fearful response, right? It's not a healthy response, but it's rooted in love, just a fearful love. Um, so when you are feeling like you are having all these different opinions or different beliefs or whatever it may be from your parents, 
I believe, I know for me, it was very important to express them eventually to my parents. Um, and it's hard because I have very, very different opinions, um, and beliefs than my parents do in, in numerous ways. And it was a tough conversation, but I felt like I had this giant gaping hole in me, um, that where I was being dishonest with them. And I wanted to be truthful because I knew that it was grinding at me to not have them fully see myself. And listen, I'm not going to go to my parents and be like, I'm going to tell you everything that I think about sex. That's different from you. No, 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 no. You don't have to, you don't have to, you know, give them heart attacks. But when you have these foundational beliefs that you feel like it's necessary to tell your parents, it's scary, but it is going to, again, it's kind of that bridesmaid moment, moment, right? (laughs) It's going to be tough in the moment, but when it comes to your family, your family, your parents, your caretakers, they love you. And though it might be hard for them to process, this will be good for your relationship. Eventually. I do truly believe that. And even if it might not be, I should say this, When you are honest, it might lead to a break in your relationship. So when I say good for your relationship, I don't mean that it's always easy. I have friends who have come out and lost relationships with their parents. But it's good for you. And it's important for your parents and good for them to see you, their child, being your authentic self. And even if they have an adverse reaction to it, it's important for you to own who you are for your mental health and your life. Now, I know there are some people out there who have not been privileged enough. I think about myself and how fantastic my parents are. And though we've had these tough times because we have different opinions, they still have opened their arms to me. And I know, like I said, friends whose parents have turned their back on them, but there are even people still who it is a privilege to have family who is healthy. And there are some people out there who have family, mothers and fathers who have hurt them continually, who are not safe, who are not a place that they can call home. And to you, I am so sorry. And for those people showing your true, authentic, deepest self, they may not deserve it. So this is a different conversation. I'm assuming that you're talking, um, 16 Vic, you're talking about parents who you ultimately have a good relationship with your family. So let's not get that twisted. I'm not talking about those people. To those, I'm so sorry. And protect yourself first and foremost because they, they may not deserve that. But if you have a healthy relationship with your parents, I do believe wholeheartedly that it is important for you to show your true and authentic self as uncomfortable as it may be. Um, I would just recommend doing it in a moment where you feel confident and good in your own skin, um, not in a in a heated outburst, if at all possible, coming in in a calm way so that you're maybe the more mature one in the situation saying, hey, I just wanted to talk about this with you guys. Affirm to them that you love them. Say, I love you. I'm so grateful for how you raised me. I respect both of you so much, or I respect you so much. Um, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful. But 
this is how I feel or this is who I am and I want to be real with you and I hope that you can accept me and my views and respect them as I respect you and learn to maybe understand them or, or uh, be curious to find out more about them. So I don't know. That's a really good question and I think that so many different people have different family lives and so it's a hard question to specifically answer but I I do feel like number 1 if you have two parents who are living it's our moment to be grateful. I need to be grateful for the fact that though there can be tough moments when I'm true, I have two parents who are living, who love me, and I need to appreciate that. And that's something if you do have that to appreciate because there are so many listeners I know out there who have parents who are no longer with us or, um, you know, have caretakers who are no longer with us. Um, Some people who have parents who have not been able to parent them. Um, So be grateful. And by being grateful, I think that looks like, you know, showing them and loving them by showing them who you truly are and what you believe in a kind and loving way. So, man, I rambled for quite a while and that's probably because Becca was not here to tell me to, you know, maybe wrap it up. I miss you, Becca. (laughs) It's not the same, (laughs) but I love you broads. And, um, you know, I hope that some of the advice or Q and a hit home. If it didn't, sorry about it. Uh, you can't hit me. I'm wearing glasses. I, I don't know. I don't even know what that means. And I'm not wearing glasses right now. I have my contacts in. Um, and if you don't like the advice, uh, you know, it's just me. It's not Becca. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming so soon. Becca will be back for our episodes next week and we'll be back into the saddle and we're super excited. They're going to be really great episodes. We love you. Have an amazing weekend or whenever you're listening to this and we'll chat soon broads. 